Hi Venters, welcome back to another episode of the Just Checking In podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations. I'm your host, Freddie Cocker. Each pod, I check in with a special guest. We have a natter and a chat about all things mental health, as well as anything and everything else they are passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we discuss it. In this episode of the Just Checking In pod, I'm checking back in with a guest from one of my most unexpectedly popular episodes. Tim Gibson came on the pod during the COVID-19 period almost three years ago now to talk about Tim's regret at not having friends at school he could talk about his mental health with, overthinking about the future, the pressure of going to university and his experience of studying abroad in France and social media perfectionism culture. In part two of his journey, we discussed Tim's mental health difficulties during the second half of the COVID-19 period, being made redundant from his job at the same time that his grandmother died. We asked the question, was the roaring 20s prediction made by some that would happen post-COVID false? And we have a reflection on where we are as men in our late 20s. So this is how part two of my check-in with Tim Gibson went. Tim Gibson, welcome back to the Just Checking In pod. We spoke quite a while ago about doing this, but because of my schedule and probably your schedule as well, Mm -hmm. we're doing it now in... What is it, late January, the end of January? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, how are you, mate? Pretty good. I'm pretty yeah. good. I feel like the last time, well, it's nearly three years ago, because compared to then. Is it? Is it almost three years ago now? It's since Easter weekend, Easter weekend 2020. Time really wow. does fly. Wow. So, that was April something 2020. 2020. Yeah, Jesus. I think, it, well, it was when I was at my parents' house, so it was definitely in, and it was before. You had a lot bigger beard then as well. Yeah, that massive was. Massive beard. You had a massive COVID lockdown beard. Fred, Look, the barbers were not open. <laughs> the barbers were not open for four months. You're looking was... like seasick Steve, seasick Tim. <laughs> it was yeah, it was it... like it was serious, mate. Like it I was shocked when you well, sent me I a picture. Des- I decided to. I don't want to do too much beard chat, but I decided to grow it. I think I left my beard trimmer at my flat when I went back to my parents' house in lockdown, and then I sort of blinked, and it was the end of June, and I was like, right, okay. So I went to the barbers just over there, right on the high street in Wanstead. And I was going to be like, oh, have, you know, do my normal haircut. I just said, I'll take the whole thing off. So he went with the clippers, did the whole thing. Looked like a hula. Wow. Anyway, compared to then, the facial hair, I think, but better. And yeah, mental health is definitely better. I think last summer was quite good, right? Last summer was the first summer of freedom and mm-hmm. being outside a little bit. So I guess that was quite, a, not like a turning point, but like a kind of return to normal, should we say. Mm. And then since then, obviously winter's a bit shit, but you know. You said you had a lot to speak about on this episode, mate. So, without further delay, are you ready to start the show? Always, yes. Let's pick up from where we last left off, Tim, Mm -hmm. in your last pod. Three years ago now, almost three years ago now, bloody hell. (laughs) So, since then, how do you reflect on the first episode? What was the feedback you got? And who's the Tim we meet now? Um, That's a good question. Well, I had a few people reach out and say... That they enjoyed listening, which is nice. You've obviously told me it was in the top ten at one numerous point, numerous times, mm. including that time last year that a lot of people had listened to. Above two hundred and fifty people. I think I don't know. I'm not saying I was bombarded with feedback, from, but I think <laughs> like what I've got is that people. I know you've said this before, but people our age will relate to it, right? Mm-hmm. It, that kind of growing up 
especially if you lived around here, but also, you know, if you, like, your mates in uni or whatever, like, if you listen to, if you hear that school, uni, adult life, London story, it sounds like I'm being self-deprecating, but do you know what I mean? It's, mm. like, kind of relatable for people. So that's kind of the main, like, feedback that I got. I don't mm-hmm. know if you, I can ask you, what did you think? Was it the same for you? Is that what people I say I don't about get it? any feedback anymore. No, man. but, like, about my one, I don't know. If I don't get, literally, I don't get <laughs> oh, any fair feedback. Enough. I only get feedback for very rare one-offs. Yeah. When someone will say, you did a really good job interviewing that nice. person, that's it. Nice. So yeah, that was what I would say the majority of it was. I mm-hmm. think people were like, oh, it's quite nice to hear like that kind of relatable kind of side to it. And I think if you speak to me, you probably know about the France thing or the Elise mm-hmm. thing or whatever. But when you hear about them all like lined up together, you're like, oh, he's actually done that. And as for now, now, well, yeah, now pretty similar, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not that long, is it? I guess just COVID's kind of made it all a bit, COVID's kind of sent you up and down a little bit, I would say. What's different? Now... This is going to sound really boring. I'm three years older. We're really going for the literal got definition three more here. years of life experiences, Fred, which mm-hmm. I think I'll get on to later, which sounds like I'm stating the obvious and being <laughs> stupid, but you know, you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. What's like life-wise different... Uh, oh, God. I don't know where to start. I've lived in three different flats and my parents' house, had two different jobs, and spent time unemployed, spent time... Oh, I've been there. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to that. We'll get to that now because go on. let's start with that. We're going to go back to the second half of 2020 because yes. this is where you said you experienced a great amount of mental yeah, health it was, difficulty. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. I have gone through three periods of unemployment myself, mm-hmm. four months, <clears throat> six months, and I think <gasps> five months or something mm. like that, right at the start of my career, which was pretty grim. So... What was your mental health like before you were made redundant, during the process of mm. building up to redundancy when you were told and when you were about to leave, and then afterwards? So, well, just briefly, timeline. I actually was looking this up on my phone this morning because I wanted to get the date right. So it was the start of August of 2020. So four months after our pod. Yeah, not yeah. long afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It was like about a month after. So I was here for the start of the summer, and then I went back to the flat. I was living in North London. It was about a month after that. And do you remember that summer... We could talk about it a little bit, right? That summer was like the eat out to help out era. Yeah, yeah. And like the football was on even though it was the middle of the summer and like you could kind of see your mates in the park. But you couldn't. You, you could, could go to a pub and everyone had to sit socially distanced. You could go on holiday, so. but you sort of could go to like Bournemouth if you wanted, but you couldn't yeah. go. It was and, a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, and in that summer, that month I had when I was in the flat, I was like, oh, this is quite fun really. You know, this is better than it was before. And like mm-hmm. your mates are kind of around and I had bought a bike. So I was like, oh. You know, you can sort of cycle to your parents' house and start hearing hearing else. So that was all right. And then it was, yeah, I looked up. It was the start of August. So I don't want to be too drawn in it. I was working for Expedia. And they were moving our whole team to elsewhere in Europe because it was cheaper. Well, no, because of Brexit, basically. Because of Brexit, right. basically. That you're, was doing, you're doing it because of Brexit in air quotes. Yeah, in, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so they said you can either, you, they said you can apply for your new role in this new office, which is, for me, was in Dublin, in Ireland. Or you can leave with redundancy can, package can give, you can give me some money and right okay so this is the start of august so it was uh surprising i didn't really expect it because you know because it was expedia the number of people who were going on holiday was going down right so there was a lot of graphs that we saw every week that were like going up 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 up, up until march 2020 and then boom mm. down like that you know so it's like okay well it's not doing very well but i didn't expect to be like made redundant right that was not what i was you didn't put two and two together no i don't think it was going to be no well i did i didn't think think it would be me i didn't think it was going to be that bad there was a bit where they put everybody on reduced hours except me because i was so important but i didn't expect to be like made redundant but the thing what sorry the, the, the important thing about this is that they told us at the start of august but we weren't leaving until the end of december right so we had four months of 
basically knowing that we were going to leave. And trying to find a new job. Yeah. yeah. But, because you know, normally you don't get that much, I feel. I feel like that's longer than normal. And so what happens is, initially you're like, oh... It was really sad, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but you enjoyed working there. Yeah, you? I yeah. liked working there. I feel like I'd worked. <laughs> There's a myself. couple of companies where I was not yeah. <laughs> sad to be. I mean, I was sad to be unemployed, but I was not sad to be leaving. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was sad to be leaving because it was my first job in London, right? And I'd met some nice people from it who are still my friends, and yeah, I enjoyed what I did. So I remember thinking, I remember feeling kind of like, I want to say like despairing, mm-hmm. kind of like, oh. You know, I don't think I cope very well with that, really. You just go, oh, this is just... And then you think about, oh, I've got to get a new job. What am I going to do for money? You know, Mm -hmm. these kind of things, like, build up over and over again. And I don't think I cope with that very well, to be honest, Fred. I think it's like... You were also isolating at the time as well. Yeah, that was bad, yeah. Because your friend contracted COVID. Oh, that was so bad. No, it was okay. It was okay. But yeah, you have to stick inside the whole time. And... You for three leave. weeks, I'm yeah, told. Yeah, no, it was two weeks. It was two, two weeks. weeks. It wasn't right. three weeks. It was two weeks and then, yeah, they tried to get me to stay for longer anyway. Yeah, so it was bad. You're kind of despairing. You're thinking, oh, especially because it was in the middle of COVID as well. There's uncertainty about that. There's uncertainty about where you're going to live. There's uncertainty about being unemployed. The thing that I hate the most is the doing job interviews. When I got married, that's the first no thing one, I No one really enjoys job interviews. It's I just think it's good at you or the, not. I think it's my least favourite thing about adult life is job interviews really <laughs> yeah I think so yeah. of all the things I hate talking about myself Fred <laughs> but <laughs> of all the things in life I've well, got a lot house. in my a lot in my list that I hate moving, and job interviews aren't on them moving house is bad as well but yeah yeah moving house is top one so go back to the, the story yeah moving house is definitely number one what then happened was that then we had this quite long period of working there but knowing that we were going to be made redundant do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, so we had like August, September, October, November and December which is basically like, it must have been there four, four and a half months, something like that. I don't know if you've done it before, but it's really, yeah. bad. you've got You're no on motivation pilot, at all. Yeah, you've yeah. got no, and it's actually kind of, because at first you think, oh, this is fine. I've got nothing to do. I can just sit and watch Netflix all day. But after a while, you're like, I found that really hard because like the lack of motivation leads mm. to kind of genuinely being angry when somebody tells you to do something. Like, <laughs> I don't have to fucking do this. Do you, I know that sounds... No, no, it's true. Because you're like, somebody, oh, Tim, can you, and the big boss would occasionally give me tasks to do before I was made redundant. And I'd be like, yeah, fine, I can do it. Now he would email me and go, Tim, can you do that? No, I don't want to do this. Get somebody else to do it, all right? Yeah, you know. And so that kind of... I'm trying to make light of it, but like, it's not very nice. No. That wasn't very nice. It wasn't like a nice... It was less enjoyable than I thought it was going to be, I would say. Like, did you think it was going to be enjoyable? I thought it would be like, yeah, I can knock off at two o'clock every day and go for a walk in the park and like do that. But actually, no, like you've got enough stuff to do. I think it was going to be enjoyable. I think I probably did think it was going to be enjoyable. Yeah, maybe there was some naivete there. (laughs) I can't lie, mate. Your last job was Christmas Eve. My last day was Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, your last job. Your last day was Christmas Eve. My last day was Christmas Eve. I tested positive for COVID that day as well. Good times. Good times. Yeah, that was... Yeah, it was that. That that can't have been nice. No, it was horrible. That whole week. Do you remember they announced the new... Restrictions on this. I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday, the week before Christmas. Yes, I cannot. Announced. I cannot give my opinion on that. But yeah, <laughs> there were certain decisions that were taken during so yeah, that period. That w- yeah, well, certain events that were happening at the same time. Anyway, so my flatmate was like, "Oh shit, what do I do?" So he left. I was living with one other person, and he left as soon as that happened to go and stay with his with his family. So it was just me on my own. In the flat. On Christmas week. Eve? Yeah. Oh, man. In the, in the middle of December. Just about to be made redundant. <laughs> did you not go home? Why did you not go to your mum's? We did. Me and my sister decided not to go home because we uh, didn't want to infect them with coronavirus. Right. Or we were worried about 
Yeah, well, because it was kind of not allowed, but also because, I can't remember. We just didn't. We didn't. We didn't go home. I remember my sister texted me saying, "I think we should stay in our flats and just have this." Well, you sit, just went along with that. Sit this one out. Yeah, right. I did, yeah. You said this point was the lowest you've ever been. How did you feel in that moment? I mean, I think it's the lowest I've ever been. Yeah. How did I feel? Good question. Just really like yeah, despondent. Kind of like <sighs> worried about the future. Mm-hmm. I would say, sort of. Feeling like there was a lot of things building up at the same time that were each equally worthy of worrying about, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I can't remember if I'd had an interview for a new job before I finished my old job, but I don't think I did. I think I just thought, I don't think I started having interviews until after I finished. But either way, I remember everybody going, oh, it's lockdown, so it's going to be really hard to find a job, you know. And obviously there was a lot of gossip and chat at work about like who's found a job because some people left in October so some people had already left and already started a new job by the time we finished so, mm-hmm. oh have you heard about they going or have you heard about they're moving to Dublin which that's stressful I'd say and kind of nerve-wracking secondary to that we had to move house which I guess I'll get onto when I talk about actually being unemployed so we had to move house as well so, well that was in February but like that's kind of lingering in the back of your head so not like worrying about your job and your accommodation at the same time that's quite scary right and then obviously I feel I think the way the COVID thing happened at that time was just really fucking bleak, right? Mm. It was just, we were like, oh, this is getting better, this is getting better, and then boom, it gets worse, and then mm, it gets worse again. And so that, like, December into January was, yeah, pretty bad. Well, what was that period like? Because I know how I felt during those periods mm. of unemployment. You feel a lot of, maybe shame's not the right word, but you just yeah. feel a lot of embarrassment having to, especially if you've been unemployed for a certain period of time, having to like repeat the same story. You feel quite emasculated as a man, I found. Yeah, definitely. I remember going on a date once and I had to like tell the girl I was unemployed and I was like, this is fucking shit. <laughs> like, this is so shit. She was fine about it, but it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> also, like you said, financial anxiety. So what did you feel during the period of unemployment itself? Um, I feel... I felt under pressure mm-hmm. to get a new job as quickly as possible because I remember thinking like, oh, well, they're giving you a little bit of redundancy. Maybe you could have a little two weeks of, you know, sitting around playing GTA, watching football, you know, like, you know. But then that to me, that didn't really last very long, especially because it was lockdown. And also, I don't want to go on about this. It was the middle of fucking winter, right? You mm-hmm. know, even if it wasn't lockdown, it still would have been really cold. What was it like? Was it emasculating? Yeah, it was nerve wracking, nerve wracking, I would say, and kind of. It did actually remind me a little bit of exams and things. It's like you can't switch off from it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like at work, I know some people don't, but do you know what I mean? Like at work, you finish and then you go home, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know it's not like that all the time, but in general, what you can do is you can knock off, go home, and then you can sit around in the evening. When you are unemployed, you can't really do that, right? Because well, it's a niggle in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of every waking hour you could be on your laptop looking for stuff, right? Mm. Do you know, even at nine o'clock at night, you could still be yeah looking stuff up and stuff and then so I remember you try I wonder what you did but you try and have a routine right like you try and wake up at the same (laughs) time you try and wake up at the same time every day and then you go I'll I'll do a bit of looking around until lunch I'll go on LinkedIn where oh LinkedIn fucking hell and then so in that time right I think I had I don't remember how many four or five maybe four or five and so you prepare for it you write down everything you want to write down you talk to them, you try and present yourself, you try and dress up like it's not lockdown and you've been at home and done nothing else for for weeks and then you just try and impress yourself and yeah, it was it, it was long. I'll tell you one thing that I did, which was useful, I stopped drinking alcohol. During the whole period? Yes. Was that financially driven though? Mm, 
good question. No, uh, yeah, I guess, but like, not really, not really. It was like, I was like, I, what I don't want to do here is just get drunk every day. Or not every day, but you know, what I don't want to do here is like... Become an alcoholic, become is what an you alcoholic. just said. Yes, yeah. essentially, yes. You know, you know what I mean. So yeah, that's really good. If you if you are ever unemployed again, I would recommend not drinking. And I was doing a lot of exercise. I was cycling a lot, running a lot. I tell you what, it helps you. It helps you going to bed at the same time every day and waking up at the same time every day. Basics, it, mate. Yeah, and it also helps you with like, yeah, not descending into a drunken spiral every Friday night. <laughs> you spoke there about pressure for job interviews, and I yeah. remember the third unemployment period I went through. Yeah was the longest one and yeah. I remember the job that I eventually got I felt so much pressure because I think mm. I'd been unemployed for about five months at that mm-hmm. point and I was like if I don't get this what the mm-hmm. fuck am I going to do mm-hmm. like am I going to join the army <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. these things are going from my head so tell me about that interview that you ended up landing that whole process I just really really nervous like kind of uncontrolled this is why I said it was very low time of my life. I don't know about you but I find that situation just really nervousness inducing shall we say mm-hmm. I think the Friday is anxiety anxiety inducing yeah. sorry yeah, yeah, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I was nervous before I was nervous writing down everything because the thing is before you're allowed to because you're you know before you do it when you're preparing you're allowed to be a bit hazy and a bit like oh write this down write this down I've forgotten about this forgotten about this but obviously when you're in the interview you have to convey this air of you know, being natural confidence, being a yeah. sensible person. Yeah. Natural mm. confidence. Yeah. I didn't like that. Like going between the scribbling about, Oh yeah. Remember when you did this, that was good. And and then in the interview, but surely for, for, I mean, for me, sometimes I will like, I've done a lot of interviews in my time and <laughs> adrenaline just kicks in. Yeah. So it's so. almost like you're saying stuff and you're not even thinking you're think just so. doing it in your head as you improvise basically. Kind, kind, yeah, kind of yes, but also kind of not. Yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like an exam. You have your examples in your head of previous jobs. Yeah. And then if you get asked the right question to bring it up then mm. you can bring it back to it. Yeah. I think most of the time I can like survive, like you said, you can run, your adrenaline kicks in and you can kind of survive on that, on here's the shit that I've written down. Mm-hmm. Here's the shit that I have, you know, recent, strong memories of I will say this and then you've googled the company or whatever mm-hmm. but also kind of separate to that you are kind of and this is kind of separate to the adrenaline thing is you are kind of scrambling in the back of your head to remember everything right of course you've got yeah, to kind yeah, of be yeah. like don't forget to say that because that's really important and stuff mm. so there's like I know what you mean It's I think it's both right there's stuff in that interview situation there's stuff that you can just go on adrenaline and do like that but also the other half of your brain is going okay I'll give you a tip right if you get asked a difficult question literally just say can you give me a second to think about this take a swig of water and then if you're still scrambling you might have just enough time to think about something relevant that's always my best life hack I can't remember if I did that in that interview I definitely I think I had three or two for that place and then yeah well I remember when they rang me up to tell me that was yeah that was a that was a good day. Was a good day. <laughs> my manager now emailed me being like, oh, can I ring you at three o'clock? And I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. So the, I took the call outside down by the river in Clapton. And uh, yeah, tell me what it was like for you. But yeah, it's just a massive relief, isn't it? Really? It is relief more than anything. Yeah. Mm. And I remember asking him like, you haven't told me yet. Is it nine to five or do I have to do shift work? What, what, do I have to work <laughs> at the weekend? He went, no, it's fine. It's nine to five, Monday to Friday. We've got a nice office in Victoria. It's all good. I would say since then, mental health much better. Since mm. that specific phone call, thanks, mm-hmm. Mikey. Well, how do you feel in yourself now, given all of that you went through? Do I feel better for having done? I definitely feel more adapted to adult life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I feel like being made redundant, being unemployed, lockdown, 
having job interviews, having a lot of job interviews, getting a new job, meeting a new team are all quite good adult life experiences. Mm -hmm. That would be the main thing I would say. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't a bad time because it was a bad time, but... You're better for it. Uh, yes. You should be better for yes, it. Yes, I am. Your, that should but be But that doesn't answer, mean that it wasn't bad at the time. No, no, of course not. Of course, <laughs> it's, it's not invalidating yeah. it being bad. Yeah. But I, oh, definitely in that sense, yeah, definitely better for Sometimes it. Sometimes yes. we need to suffer to get to where we are. Yeah, mate. apparently that's what they say, yeah. But um, yes, in that sense, better for it. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I think always getting a job like off your own back is a good thing to be doing. I remember talking to my parents about that. Like getting a job that you found yourself completely. Like my parents didn't have that very often. A lot of the jobs that my parents got, they got because somebody else they knew was working there. And my mum was like, oh yeah, that hasn't really happened to me very much. So that's happened twice now in my life, which I'm reasonably proud of. That happened to me, my first ever job to get in the door. And that yeah. was it. And every other job has been my own back. And the job I have now, like a recruiter emailed me. Yeah. But that's, not, that's like kind of my own back. Yeah. So yeah, okay. In that sense, yeah, I do feel better for it. Yeah. And that, that meeting all that new team and meeting like people who'd been there for a while and more people that live in London and stuff yeah better for it yeah let's move on to okay. something else now which mm -hmm. is grief mm -hmm. so when you were going through the build up to redundancy you also lost your grandmother in August 2020 mate so yeah. tell me about this period of grief and more importantly the person your grandmother was and your relationship to her or with her sorry good question so this is my mum's mum obviously come from a northern family like yourself mm -hmm. so the, talking on about... one side <laughs> well that's on my side I mean I just didn't make that clear I'm not completely northern family <laughs> otherwise my mum um... would kill me but... <laughs> sorry <laughs> so she's like you know she was an old northern lady down south but I would say the thing that I took the most from my relationship with her was that she's very encouraging right whereas mum and dad are a bit more northern Re <laughs> well, not nor well, not well, well, well. Stereotypically northern. You maybe. must, you must be able to relate to this, Fred, somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, mum and dad are a bit more realistic and like, you should do this, you should do right. that. You know, why haven't you done this thing? Why haven't you done that thing? Grandma was a bit more like, she had a kind of genuine like enthusiasm for whatever I told her about stuff. It's I think grandparents tend to have that. Yeah, they more. do. No, they yeah. do. Yeah, and that was, I think, when I was a teenager, I probably thought, oh, whatever. Especially after uni and France mm -hmm. and stuff like that was the thing that I've took the most from it was that like, I would go home at Christmas or at Easter or in the summer and I would be like genuinely excited to say oh this happened to me mm -hmm. and she would always say oh isn't that great you know mm. oh, isn't that great you know what was your grief like given it happened during Covid and I imagine the funeral was pretty small if non-existent at all yeah I numbers wise I should I've, say uh, yeah I thought about this question so well, briefly, the funeral was about 15, 20 people. Okay, so it was slightly more than five. Yeah. yeah. There was about 15 or 20 people there. It's at City of London Crematorium down the road. And it was, yeah, low-key would be the mm -hmm. way I would describe it. You were allowed to have, I think it was 20 or 20... I can't remember, anyway, whatever. And then we went to the, we went to the golf club. We had a little sit-down in the golf club. And then all the northern lot had to go home. So they were kind of wrapped up quite early. And then what we did have is that we went home... And it was me and my mum and dad and my sister and my uncle. And we did actually have quite a good conversation about grief. Which I guess we didn't have when the other grandparents died because we were all a bit younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, me and Miriam were a bit younger. Which was good. What was the, my grief like? It's kind of interesting, really, because... Uh, like, on one hand, it was in COVID, so it was sort of like, don't think about it too much and get on with it. But on the other hand... Hmm, on the other hand, it was... I think I'm okay with grief. Do you feel like you processed it properly? Yes. Yes. 
I think I did, yes. She was old. She was very old. She had been in a home for a while. It was, was it was like, what I mean is like, it, was, it wasn't sudden. It mm-hmm. was like, it's kind of signposted, which sounds a bit callous, but it does actually kind of help with processing grief. Again, I don't know if that's out of place to it say. It was old age rather than... Yeah, that's then how any... it would kind of be put down. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, does that make sense? I don't know. Is that mm-hmm. so, like in that sense, it's not like a sudden thing. Where you're questioning your answers a lot as you say. Yeah, this I, know, I know, I you know. You weren't doing I this know. on part one. You sounded a lot more sure of yourself. What's happened, Fred? You know. Yeah, no, I think it was okay. She had a good life. She lived for a long time, and it was weird that it happened during COVID. Well, it wasn't weird, but like it was different. You know, different to normal because we couldn't see her, right? So we didn't really see her at the end. The ending happened quite suddenly, and then. But yeah, it was okay. And we had a nice conversation about, about how, obviously, it's different from my mum and my uncle because they remember her much longer than I do. Me and my sister talked about it quite a lot. But yeah, I think I processed it okay. It was weird that it was during COVID and the other grandparents weren't. So I guess it did feel a bit like we couldn't really... Did you feel like you got closure on it, at least? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, you had so. the funeral. Yeah, least. we had the funeral. The funeral's good, right? Fun- mm. Wait, hold on. No, it wasn't. The it was funeral nice. was good for closure. You need to be <laughs> yeah. thinking... Yeah. <laughs> Sad... <laughs> You're second-guessing yourself on the answers that you shouldn't be second-guessing yourself <laughs> on. The ones that you actually should, you're going full steam in. Um, you're two-footing some of these answers. <laughs> yeah, the funeral is good for closure. Def- I think I find them really good for closure. I, don't, I know not everybody would say that, but yeah, I do. So the only thing I would say that was shit is that we didn't really have a lot of time together as a family to talk about it afterwards, you know, because we had a little bit initially. A lot of the conversations that happened about it happened, like, on the phone or on Zoom, which mm-hmm. I didn't really like. And, you know, there's, like, little conversations that feel a bit more natural where you talk about what she was like and stuff and where you, like... Yeah, it's harder to do that on a yeah, phone call, yeah. I'd say we didn't start doing that more regularly until, like, the second half of... Well, the first... The summer of 21, right? When you could actually go around and have dinner together. And then we would say stuff like... Because mm-hmm. I think sharing memories of her is quite important because... We used to go and see her separately quite a lot and we weren't always there together at the same time. So that kind of conversation was good. But I guess the thing that prolonged kind of the grief was the lockdown and not Mm -hmm. being around the whole time. But yeah. How do you feel about it now? I think about her a lot. The best thing about her was that she was always extremely excited to hear things that I told her, right? (laughs) So kind of every time something even remotely exciting happens in my every time I leave the M25 I'd go back and be like oh my so I was in Hull last weekend oh grandma I went to Hull this weekend ooh very nice <laughs> isn't it there yeah I feel I feel fine about it now yeah I actually I genuinely do it's like two it was two and a half years ago so yeah like it's sad the idea that she's not there to be impressed with something that I is say is that the thing you miss the most is that the thing I miss yeah I miss her enthusiasm and interest in my life Fred does that sound weird mm. yeah she was like your number one fan she was, probably was my number one fan that's what mm. my mum used to say mummy mm. said she had unconditional love for you and I said yeah she probably did actually yeah so it was especially when I was in France so when I'd come back and she'd be just ooh you were there oh, what are you doing <laughs> yes that's the thing that I miss the most yes and then I miss her northern ways obviously mm. Let's talk about coming out of COVID-19 because you've yep. talked a lot about the period itself. And I think many of us initially struggled to adjust <coughs> back to the new normal or the yeah. old normal, which became the new normal. <laughs> Having lived in two years of just utter madness, really, yeah. that was something that you also struggled with. Yeah. So why was that? I f- felt like I'd forgotten how to talk to people, Fred. So I mean, like... <laughs> Especially in like... It doesn't sound like you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you sort of had to re-up, reassess like where your friends were and where mm. your friendships were and stuff. And those people in... Some of mine went to the wayside, I can't yeah. lie. The ones that you think you were going to keep in contact. It's like, yeah. It was almost like a filter for some of the yeah. friendships yeah. that maybe you thought you were keeping in touch with yeah. out of pure 
admin. Yeah. And you were like, I don't need to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, so there's, there was like people who you'd spoke to, say, every week or every couple of weeks on the phone and stuff during lockdown who you kind of knew about. But everybody else, there's been people who went, obviously people went back to their parents' house, people moved, people, you know, it was like two years, right? But uh, yeah, prime, so, prime years, mate. Yeah. I lost twenty. Oh. I lost two birthdays, twenty five to twenty seven. Again, that's what my mum said. My mum said, "Oh, I feel sorry for people your age because." Uh, I mean, to be honest, if I had to pick two years, <laughs> I would have rather have had twenty five to twenty seven than say sixteen to eighteen, or I, fourteen I sc- to sixteen. If I was in school, it would have been a, like, no. I would have hated to have school, gone through it in school. People who hated leaving, it. People who or uni. School. Yeah, people who are leaving school now. And I've had to do two years of exams with nobody. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I would have coped. Or doing your based on your predicted grades. I mean, but I would have been lit if I if it been based on my predicted grades. But if it been based on my mocks, I'd have been fucked because I did not give a shit about my mocks. I got like D's <laughs> and U's in all of them because I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Oh shit! I haven't thought about that. No, based on predicted grades, I would have done worse. Just yeah. saying. No, no just I got saying. A star. Oh, my predicted grades were A star AA. I'd have I'd have, oh. I'd have been lit. So have if been, I'd been if I if it'd been based on my mock, yeah, if it'd been based on my mock, I think I got like D D C because I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, why do I care about mock exams, bro? I yeah. What well, to be fair though, anything to get out of doing A level exams would have been great, but still, no, I, I know what you mean. You'd rather it be while you have somewhere to live, while you're mm. not at your parents' house and stuff. It was talking to people face to face was like genuinely. I'm not, you know, it was like. Oh no, I'm completely with you. I think it affected me a little bit, but maybe just not to the same extent it did for you. Remember how tiring it was, just talking mm-hmm. to someone and trying to remember about them and being like, you know, having, especially in groups, when, when you've got five or six people there who you ha- also haven't seen for six months, who've also been through this COVID thing, and you know, you, 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 your brain is going, right, okay, you're that person, you're that person, you're that person. So that was just long, it just took a long time to get used to. A lot of mental energy more than usual. Yeah, I think I it was mental energy, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was remembering stuff about people and keeping up with conversations and stuff. And like, because all you've done for a year is just sit on Zoom or talk with one flatmate or two flatmates mm. or your parents or whatever. So to go back into that was quite, I took a long time last summer, summer before last to get back into yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like we've had, I think since maybe April 21, maybe March 21 is when it we've really been normal yes. fully. Yes, I think, and I think everyone has felt normal for. And now, like you're at the stage where you've seen everyone. Obviously, it's two years ago. But, yeah, you know, there was a time that we we reached. I'd say last year or the year before. We're like, oh, I have seen everybody since COVID. I've seen everybody that I need yeah. to see in COVID. I went to France. Yeah, now I almost forget that period happened. Like yeah. now I forget the mindset I used to be in, yeah. which is a good thing. But it is weird to think yeah. about what we were like in that period. I remember just not having a lot to talk about. Is because you couldn't. What'd you do? Like, yeah. What TV like, show have you watched? You know, what, like, going back to the previous conversations, like, I don't really want to go on and on about how I was. Why well, do you think I did two podcasts a week? <laughs> every weekend. I mean, I'm still doing that now, but you I mean, know, every weekend. Yeah, and it's like, I need people to talk to <laughs> more than anything. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I remember there being, yeah, there was, there wasn't a lot to talk about. And then when there were, eventually there were, and I think what you needed is like three months of people, say like March, April and May 21 of like, Three months of people actually doing stuff mm. of like maybe going on holiday or going to a show somewhere and something that, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, we have got stuff to talk about. This is great. So then I'd say by the end of that summer, and that was when I went to France as well, because then I hadn't seen all of my friends there for like 18 months, right? So you go there and you're like, oh, you're all still here. How was your French lockdown? Oh, it was good. but mm. mm-hmm. And then now after that, I would say we're kind of like back to normal. But mm. yeah, it took a while, didn't it? Mm, you know? It did. There was a big narrative, I remember this because I did some media about it, going on before the end of the third lockdown and the oh. end of restrictions. And then there was there was this narrative about supposed roaring 20s mm-hmm. where it was going to be this massive period of 
this like hyperbolic orgies and yeah, yeah, debauchery yeah. and hedonism that yeah. was going to emerge from people having been locked up for so long. Yeah. And I was skeptical at that time. And I feel like mystic Fred a little bit because I predicted it was going to be nothing like that. Mm. And if anything, we were going to get worse or all the, the normal we were going to go back to was not going to be the normal that we had prior. And I think I've kind of been proven right. Mm. What do you think about it's this? Good question, isn't it? It's a good question. I think some people have, there have been examples of people who are acting like they've been locked away for a year and a half. Oh, of course, there are examples. But I mean, on a societal level, I feel like that did not happen at all. No, I don't think... I think you're right, yeah. I think I think it was more relief than anything else, wasn't it? Really? I think people don't go out as much now, massively. Yeah. I think there's been a massive decline in people going out generally. I, I mean, I went out with the boys on the period between Christmas and New Year yeah. in Leightonstone. We were like, oh, let's go watch that. I think, that. I think it was like Leeds playing Man City. We went to an establishment around here. And for the first couple of drinks, and we were all in the mood. I was in the mood of, right, oh, let's go have a few beers and we'll see where the night goes and yeah. we'll have a few more beers and yeah. da da da. And everywhere was dead. And it was yeah. the 28th of December. Yeah. And in my head, perhaps because we were going out a bit more in, Before, yeah. you know, 18 to 21, I always viewed that period in my head as everyone's off work, everyone's going to go out, yeah. everyone's going to have a good time. Yes. But obviously, my naivete in the factors of cost of living crisis yeah 13% food inflation <laughs> and generally people not going out as much mm. everyone was dead and I went home at like we got I got home at like 10.30 10.45 like last <laughs> orders were 10.30 in the pub and I was like what the hell is this so yeah, yeah no I think uh, yeah something in what you say yeah it's definitely quieter in London than it used to be mm-hmm. it's on the weekend oh, well, in the summer it was alright there's but, pockets that are still the same. Uh, I mean, so you go to Brixton at any time, kind of time of day, and it's still the same. Well, you go to Camden at any time of day, it's still the same. I went to Notting Hill Carnival last year. That was that's still that's still but going. But a lot of areas are local mm. nightlife. I feel like is on his knees in London. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, that's kind of sad, isn't it? But mm. There's a range of factors. I mean, the fact that it's not people aren't going out, the fact that people are moving into places next to a club and then going, what? There's noise here, mm, and then yeah. getting the club shut down. Yeah, um, living's not helping, is it? No. Especially for local places, like, probably going to put people off from going out. So, yeah, but I, I, I want to say it's us getting older as well. I feel like it is us getting older in the sense that we're not going out as much. Yeah. But when we do go out, there's a big difference as mm. to when I was going out yeah. 10 years ago. Oh, I can't remember what, I can't remember what it was like, Fred, before in the before times. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I think you're probably right. BC yeah. and uh, AC, before oh, COVID, after COVID. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, Oh, God, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think in the summer it was fine. But yeah, I know what you mean. I think there's a few people now who are just... You're right. Predicting that level of debauchery was definitely... yeah. Oh, I saw oh. some madly stupid tweets. Yeah. Madly like, oh, stupid. Oh, it's going to be lit. Oh, everyone's yeah. going to be like... Everyone's going to be just like lips yeah. and on the high street. And then like... Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about, bro? Shoreditch, cool. That happens every week. Stop you wanting to go home at half past 11, does it? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. One thing you were keen to talk about when we spoke off air, Tim, was... A reflection on where we are in our late 20s. I'm yeah. 29 in April, so that's three months away without time locking this episode. We're both the same age. We're, we were both in the same year group. We're yep. both in the same stage of life, essentially. Mm-hmm. So tell me your thoughts, which were not fully formed previously, I think, when we spoke off air. Yeah, I've... I've um, <laughs> Trying not to be too pretentious about it. Last summer was like a kind of a... Not so much an epiphany or a realisation, but like just the... I feel... Like now in late twenties, mm-hmm. I'm kind of enjoying it more. I feel oh, a bit okay. Like... That's interesting. One of the things. So one of the things that I realised when I was on holiday last year, because I went on holiday for the first time in ages, was just about like 
a lot of the time in your 20s, you spend a lot of time going, oh my God, X event was Y years ago, right? Oh my God, how is it X I'm doing that now. I know you are, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And that's treated as like a scary, bad thing. Mm. But actually, I was just thinking about it in terms of my friends. And all of a sudden, it's weird because COVID's kind of accelerated this. But all of a sudden, the friends that you made at the start of uni, you've now known for like 10 years. The friends that you made... Yeah, yeah, in your your case, I fell out with all of my uni friends, but I've only got one left, Aaron. (laughs) I fell out with my entire uni social group, but that's another story for another day. Um, But yeah, for you, that was great. And then the friends that you met after you graduated, say, Mm -hmm. who, like for me in France, all of a sudden you've known them for seven years. And all of a sudden, these people who were... I guess five minutes ago were quite new friends who you, mm-hmm. who you were kind of, not, I'm not saying you didn't know them well. They were your friends. All of a sudden. They were like, more acquaintances. Yeah. Yes. And now, now you're, well, my uni friends sorry, mm-hmm. uh, are like, I've known 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. That's a long time to know mm-hmm. somebody and still be friends with somebody. And my friends from France, all of a sudden it's like seven years I've known them for, which is the same length as secondary school, right? Mm. So that's like your friends who you met in year seven how good of friends you were with them when you left school is the same as like graduation to now. Yeah. So I, I have sixth form. I mean, I went to, when I went to Ilford County, yeah. I've known my sixth form mates 12 years now. Yeah, exactly. So, so they're like, which is mad. Which, yeah. and all of a sudden you're, and I, for me, the thing that I'm trying to articulate and not sound pretentious, <laughs> same as you, I've been imbibing a lot of Matty Healy content in the last month or so. Of course. So I'm going to try not to sound like him is that it's just good because the, Friendships that I have with people feel a bit more uh, solid and long-lasting. Tangible. And tangible mm. and sincere. That is a word that Matty likes. Than, say, two or three years ago. And right. I think what that means for me is that you can have slightly better, deeper and more interesting conversations about serious things. Is what I'm trying to say in a reasonably articulate way. Do, do you way. feel more at peace with yourself now? Yes, I mean, it doesn't sound it by this episode no. because you've been backtracking and <laughs> SUVing and no. I've, all I've heard in my head is beep, no. beep, when, yeah. you, um, when you've gone out of different <laughs> conversations. Um, definitely yes. Okay. Definitely yes. Why? Because, uh, because where I can only speak for myself, but I think when you're younger, either consciously or subconsciously, you're still sort of, this is going to sound shit, but you're still sort of trying to impress people a of little course. bit. And you're trying to like act up. Of course. Up, but like, you know. You're... That's been my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to agree with me about this. Um, <laughs> That's the life of an extrovert, so man. So when you're in your early 20s, you're trying to be cool and go and see all the cool, coolest people and go to the coolest places and find yourself on an elephant in, in Thailand and stuff, you know. Whereas now, yeah, now that kind of, what's the word? That kind of like filter of the mask. aspiring coolness, let's mm-hmm. say isn't really there anymore and you when did you lose that oh good question probably when did i lose there wasn't there wasn't one day when it fell off right i say 25 for me like fully 25 you realize a lot of shit when you're 25 (laughs) i feel no i wait let me think hold on um when did i lose it it was probably probably around when i was unemployed Mm -hmm. probably around this whole time so how old was i then 20 96 when i think yeah i think I remember talking about that and being like oh actually this is just like this is a shit situation that i'm in talking about it with somebody is better than trying to have a conversation about something that you wouldn't be mm-hmm. as interested in so i would say around then i'm not saying it's fully gone i'm still trying to impress people no i'm joking but yeah that's my point basically i think i don't know what do you think 
about what about how getting older makes you about how you feel now relative to how you did when you were 24 or 25 I mean there's only been three years so it's not a massive difference but as I said 25 was the year that I realised a lot of shit 25 was the year that I became much more proactive about my mental health recovery and I mean I'm almost 29 now and I do feel dramatically different actually even to 25 than I am now and I feel a whole different person to who I was when I was 21 22 23 so, mm. I don't think I ever had the mask on that much. No. Post-23, it was fully gone at 25. Yeah. And I think I got much better at filtering out people mm. in, from that age onwards mm. and realising that there's a lot of people that just don't serve you and there's just no need <laughs> to keep... And it's hard to do that as an extrovert because yeah. you always want to be friends with everyone when yeah. you're an extrovert. And I realise it's just, I don't need to be that... Yeah. And it's uh, my life's a lot better for it. Mm, that's good. And I still have a ping of it sometimes, but I really don't care that much about what people think anymore. Yes. And if I offend that's someone, good. calm. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's on them. Yeah. I'm not going to change who I am. Yeah, fair enough. They're identifiable. I would say... I, yeah. I mean, I'll apologise, but like, I'm not going to change. Yeah. So... Yeah, fair enough. And it, well, that's the friends thing as well. Like, if people mm. have known you for that long, then they know that... They're... They should expect yeah, exactly. the, the stuff that's, to come I out think... of my mouth to be that. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm saying, yeah. Mm. I, th- I know you said about filtering out people who you don't like, but I also think... Of it as... No, it's not even filtering out people you don't like. It's filtering out people who you like, but they're just yeah. not serving you. Yeah. But then also on the other side of that, it's becoming closer with the people who you are yes. good friends with, which I think is yes. something that I've tried to do. Yeah, and I think... Which I know is me basically repeating what you said, but you know what Yeah, I, mean? <laughs> I, I also think that I value my my best mates. Not that I didn't value them before, but I think I value them a lot more post-25 than yeah. I did when I was 22, 23. I think before then, especially, I think I used to get... A, not, maybe frustrated is the right word, but a little bit frustrated at like seeing the same people all the time. Yeah. I was always wanting to, again, this is an extrovert quality, yes. always wanting to meet more people and yeah. meet new people. But I think with Vent, I've kind of saturated, not saturated, I've satisfied that so I can keep yeah. all my best mates close mm. and they're great and they're brilliant for me and I support them a lot. But I can also make new friends and I can do whatever I want mm. with my extrovertness and have this flat and whatever so yes I'm, yeah I'm glad you said that I think I'm pretty similar I mm. think in that regard yeah there's nothing from stopping you from going out and making it's hard though mate yeah oh, it's what, pretty me? hard meeting new people in general is hard yeah since I've come to London I, don't, I haven't met that many exactly you need a hobby yeah or a club or an interest yeah or you need to be a socialite quite, quite good with the people from my last job because now they don't see them at work anymore so now they're like my friends yeah 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 of than, course that's always than... good even like meeting up with someone like I've got a couple of people that I need to like have a go have a pint with or go have a drink with or whatever in London and even that's admin it's like oh you're oh, free on God. the Wednesday oh, I've got to be make sure I'm in the office and then I can yeah. come after work and we've got yeah, to find yeah, places yeah. in between us and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean that's long I oh, mean I'm trying to it. get it done I need to get it done but it is it's, it is admin can't go there it's too expensive can't yeah. Go. yeah it is admin yeah it is like, admin yeah. so it's so much easier just to stay with your local mates yeah. but then if you're okay with that then it's great but yeah. if you're not then you can become stuck in a rut yeah you're right but yeah that's my general point is that I think I think it is at ease with yourself yes now Better than maybe it's. Oh, I was gonna make a joke about the size of your head. Oh, there, mate, shut but up. I wasn't um, gonna. You can if you want. Being <laughs> I was gonna make a your piece of the size of your head. Well, I mean, I've always been fine with it. It's been other people that have taken it and run for it. Um, <laughs> you can you own it now, mate. You own it. Like I, I own my like I, I own my it. small ears. I always fucking owned it. <laughs> I had a little think about it. It was definitely last summer, mm-hmm. right? When 
we were out and about a little bit and people were, it was the first time when people that were actually visiting, like my friends from France came and stayed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like people were coming over and like, my, you know, you could sort of see your parents all the time and, you know, and that was when I was like, oh, maybe this age is, this age is quite a bit more calm, a bit more like people, a bit more settled. I think generally people care less. Yeah. I really oh, yeah. do think that's the, the kind of thing. I really do think just you don't care that much. Yeah, I think so as well. And you've, you're set in your your interests and your sort of. Are you? I wouldn't say you're set in your. Yeah. I wouldn't say you're set in your ways. I just say your base Ooh. level is at a good level. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I am quite set in my ways. Some people I know are, but I mean, I'm set in my ways in certain things, but yeah. I'm, but I'm also mm. trying to get better every day. Yeah. So like, I'm never stop I'm, hustling. Yeah, maybe hustling's not the right <laughs> word, but I am very set in my ways in certain things. And people who are listening to this podcast will know how set in my ways with routine and stuff like that I yes. am. But I'm also trying to work every day to yeah. improve myself. And I think if you've got that balance, yes, correct. It's obviously never perfect, but I think you're in a good position and i think that people in their late 20s tend to be more that way yeah and if they're not then they've got a lot of work to do yeah. or they've got to make sure this is the period where they sort themselves out because yeah. otherwise you know kids family yeah everything else it's not going to go well like i did a lot of work with reconciling stuff with my family at this age because i was like i don't really want to be having that for the rest of my life you sort want of it hanging over you yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. quite that's good though isn't it like mm. and then once you that's another thing that can make you feel a bit more at ease with yourself isn't oh 100 kind of, percent, mate you mm. can kind of square off stuff and and like yeah that's quite yeah mm. it's good though isn't it mm. like it's kind of last year I was like oh right okay you're an adult now you know you can sort of get on with yourself. and you felt that 27 <sighs> like properly could argue I still don't feel it now yeah last year well I'm still not fully adult but right. like I still move house every year Fred like you know <laughs> you know but yeah because I had France then living at home then lockdown then being made redundant it was kind of like you haven't really had a, a nice year where you do the same thing for a whole year. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think 2022 is the first year, first year in like calendar year since 2017 where I did the same job for the whole year. Wow. So stability. Yeah. And next year will be the first calendar year of my whole adult life where I'm going to live in the same flat for a whole year. Wow. I'm mad. My hands on my head. So yeah, that kind of stuff helps, right? Let's reflect now, mate, and finish off. So A, what has this mental health journey continued talk to you about yourself and B if you could go back and talk to the Tim who was grieving for his gran <laughs> the Tim who was in the depths of that unemployment period or the Tim going insane having to isolate for three <laughs> weeks two weeks sorry what would you say to him knowing what you do now um can I do the second one first mm-hmm. I would tell him honestly I would tell him stay calm I think he would probably agree with me and he'd be okay with it but I think I would say yeah just don't panic this is unemployed Tim just get everything in order don't let this spiral away from not I'm not saying I did but you know don't you know just try and compartmentalize stuff take a breath every now and then and in the words of my mum it'll be fine in the end and then self-isolating grandma dying Tim I would say but you know what Fred honestly I would just say just just stick it out for a couple of weeks I know that sounds a bit you know, old fashioned, but I would say, yeah, just stick it out for a couple of weeks. This is, I would kind of say, right, look, this is going to be shit. Make sure you speak to your mum and your dad and your sister all the time and your uncle. Kind of check in with them as often as you can. But in general, you know, this is going to be a rough kind of time. Make sure, be nice to yourself. Yeah, I would say that, right? 
say like be nice to yourself don't overreach for anything just write it out i think that's sensible right mm-hmm. and then what's the first question sorry <laughs> what has it taught you about yourself oh, pauses thinks reflects it's taught me that i do have the capability to get over or get through bad periods in life yeah, that's the most important thing, right? That was like quite a shit time and everything turned out okay. And some of it was fortune landing for me, but most of it was me working hard and being organized and being sensible. And still, as you always say, continuing to make sure that you always have somebody available to uh, explain shit with, which is getting better as I get older, I think, right? So yeah, I guess I continued to appreciate the value of having people around who you can Vent to Fred, let's mm-hmm. say. Hey, huh? Mm. Yeah, that was a good way to end it. That was what I think, yeah. Mm. Tim Gibson, thank you very much, mate, for coming back on the Just Checking In podcast and talking to me. Pleasure, Fred. Pleasure. Well, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Just Checking In pod. I want to say a big thanks to the local Northeast London legend, Tim Gibson, for being my special guest on this episode's pod and for checking back in with me. Remember, if you've liked what you've heard, please give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or work colleagues about it. If you're feeling generous, please write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and help us out with the algorithms. If you like what we're doing here at Vent and want to support us further, you can go to our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash VentHelpUK. Or you can make a one-off donation to our GoFundMe. Or you can buy a Vent t-shirt. Or you can buy a ticket to Just Checking In Live number four, take two on Saturday the 15th of April 2023 at the Victoria Pub in Dalston. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember guys, it is always okay to vent. <laughs>